Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi everyone, I'm Glenn, and my classmates called me a loner and a loser because I was shy and didn't have any friends. When hot girls helped me out, I became the student council president. Now, everyone wants to be my friend. I didn't have many friends growing up. I was always the odd one out. I was the only child, so I never learned how to be around other kids until I went to school. But even there, I was pretty awkward. The thing is, I'm really shy. So I find it hard to make friends. I'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing or making a bad impression. So I made no impression at all. My classmates always made fun of me. Especially the girls. They called me a loser. A loner. They said things behind my back. Things I could hear anyway because they always made sure I did. It wasn't nice and it hurt. Sometimes their words made me cry, but I told no one. Mostly because I had no one to tell. One day, our teacher assigned us a group project. And for some reason, I ended up being grouped with the most popular girls at school. Lisa, Tracy, and Kylie were all very beautiful and always dressed nice. Every boy in school wanted to date them, and there I was, awkward as always, not knowing how to behave around them. The girls laughed and giggled when I sat at their table. I tried to introduce myself and say that I'll do my best as their groupmate, but my words got jumbled and... All I ended up saying was, Hi, I'm well. The girls laughed. They huddled up and started talking amongst themselves. They whispered, but I could still hear them. Hey, it's that weird kid. Yeah, I don't know what Mrs. Sitwell's thinking, lumping him here in with us. Wait, I have an idea. You up for a bet? Ooh, sounds fun. What are we betting on? I bet 20 bucks he'll do whatever we say if we promise to give him a kiss. I bet he'll do anything if you just say his name. <laughs> no, but seriously, he's a nerd, isn't he? If we promise him something, 
I bet you we can skip this project and have him do all the work. I like where this is going. The girls turned around to face me, and they all had sweet smiles on their faces, as if I didn't hear everything they just said. But it didn't matter. Grades were important to me, and I was going to do my best anyway. So, I did. But I didn't let them slack off either. I led them. I taught them the things I knew about the subject, and to my surprise, they actually listened. Over the weekend, Lisa invited us to her home so we could work on the project there. Tracy brought snacks, Kylie brought materials, and I brought my computer and some books. I helped them learn, and I made it fun. And it wasn't long before the girls began to laugh with me, not at me. Wow, Glenn! You're actually really good at this stuff! Yeah. Like, I didn't know doing school stuff could be this fun. Or interesting! I blushed. Really really hard, and the girls laughed because I was back to my shy self again. We got top marks for that project, and the teacher was surprised that the girls actually learned something. Afterwards, Lisa took us to a restaurant to celebrate. You know, Glenn, you're actually not too bad. Yeah, Glenn, we thought you were a total loser, but you're actually pretty cool. And once you do the things you like, you're actually a good leader. And you can talk. I didn't know you could talk. Yeah, Kylie's right. When you're doing something you like, you're actually real interesting. But as soon as you're in a normal situation, you get shy again. I... I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. We're just telling you how we see it. Like, you're super smart. With that brain and the right look, I'm willing to bet you could be super popular. And you know what? I think we can help you. Right, girls? Tracy and Kylie looked at Lisa with excited eyes. And together, the girls all shouted, Makeover! The girls taught me how to express myself. They took me to the mall and dragged me to every single store. They made me try on clothes, and they taught me how to pick out looks that suited me. They took me to a salon and had the guy there cut my hair. By the time we left the mall, I was a different person. When I saw myself in the mirror, I could hardly believe it. Was that reflection really me? Was that really the same person? Weeks later, the girls' lessons started paying off. I noticed how much easier it was to talk to people. And because of my new look, my classmates actually started talking to me. They had all sorts of questions, like what happened to my glasses, or where I bought my jacket, or how much my shoes were. Slowly but surely, I started making friends, and I was becoming more and more popular. What really boosted my popularity was the girls, though. They always hung out with me. And even better, they started fighting over me. Lisa, Kylie, and Tracy all started having a crush on me. And one time, they even asked me out at the same time. I had no choice. How could I say no? They were the prettiest and nicest girls I knew. But I didn't want to break their hearts by choosing one over the others. It was actually Tracy who suggested it. And I was surprised that the other two agreed. They wanted to share me. They wanted to all date me. 
at the same time. I'd never even dated one girl before, much less three at the same time. I didn't know what to do. But I said yes anyway. How could I say no? How could anyone? That made me so popular. All the boys envied me. Most of them wanted to be me. Teach me, senpai! The basketball team would shout at me whenever they saw me holding hands with my three girlfriends. Because of my popularity, I got nominated to run for student council. I didn't know who did it. I was surprised myself. But one day, they just announced that I was in the running for president. Everyone knew I was going to win, especially because my girlfriend started campaigning for me. But then, sinister posters with my face on them started appearing around school. It was a smear campaign. Some people were circulating rumors about me, saying lies like I cheat on exams, that I only get good grades because I paid the teachers, and they posted pictures of the old me and called me names. Loser. Loner. Friendless. Nerd. Some people laughed, but more people didn't care. They knew the new me, and they didn't care that I used to be a shy nerd. In fact, instead of hurting my campaign, it actually helped. People started supporting me because someone was attacking me. But then, the posters kept appearing. And this time, they attacked my girlfriends. I couldn't let that go. So, I investigated who was behind them. And it turned out, it was the current student council president. He was so scared that I was going to win and unseat him that he wanted to do whatever he could to prevent me from winning. I kind of felt sorry for the guy. But if someone was willing to do whatever it took to win, including bullying others, I think he doesn't deserve to be the leader. So, I reported the things he did to the principal, and he was immediately taken from his position. A week later, I ran for student council president unopposed. I won. Of course. And my first act as president was to outlaw any kind of smear campaigning. If anybody wanted to challenge my seat, they're welcome to. I'm not going to stop them, even if they're more popular and they're going to win over me. I told everyone that I'm not the kind of leader who wants to hold on to power. I just wanted to do my best while I was there. And you know what? People put their trust in me. In return, I gave back the best I could. And the people who used to ridicule me and call me a loner, they all want to be friends with me now. Especially the basketball team. They always ask me to set them up with some of my girlfriends. <laughs> Tracy, Kylie, and Lisa really helped me come out of my shell. And I will always love them and be grateful for what they did. Now, I have lots of friends and nobody bullies me anymore. So, to thank them, I organized the sickest prom ever. I made sure the school gave us a great venue, an awesome after party, a red carpet where we could take our photos, and the best DJ in town. I took all three of them to prom. It was a bit insane having to rent a stretch limo and pick up each of them at their houses, and then having to dance with all three at once. But you know what? I had the time of my life, and I think they did too. I'm Eddie. I was surprised to wake up with the sun so bright out. I reached out for my phone to check the time. It was past noon. My mom was supposed to wake me up that day. The plan was to have breakfast at the Museum of Natural History cafeteria and then visit the Skeletons of Extinct Animals exhibit. 
When my mom heard of the show, she got tickets for us without even asking me. That's because she knows how much I'm into prehistoric animals. I jumped up from the bed in a bad mood. Mom, why didn't you wake me? I yelled, shuffling to the kitchen. But my mom wasn't there. I ran to the living room. There was no one there either, so I thought she had to be in the backyard. Mom! I called out to her. Well, she wasn't there either. I went back to my room. I picked up the phone and called her. The phone started ringing somewhere inside the house. I listened to the ringing to figure out where it was coming from. It was my parents' bedroom. No way! Is mom sleeping in? I said, barging into their bedroom. No one was in there. My mom's phone was on the bed, and it was weird that my dad's phone was also there. So where would mom and dad have gone, leaving their phones behind? Did something happen to them? I was getting anxious waiting for them to come back. At the same time, I was thinking about what I should do. My mom's brother, Uncle Martin, works at the bank next door. He stops by our house every day. It was the weekend, so the bank was closed that day. I still wanted to call my uncle to ask him if he knew what was happening. Uncle Martin, my parents are both gone, but their phones are here. Do you know where they could have gone? My uncle said, I don't know. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. They'll be home soon. I went to bed. I began watching stuff on YouTube to get my mind off the issue. Speaking with my uncle had only made me more anxious. After a while, I began to nod off. I woke up with a jolt to a voice in the night. I listened carefully. The voice sounded like it was coming from the next room. Mom? I yelled as I was getting up. It was dark inside the house, and no one else was there. I checked the time. It was almost 10. Apparently, I had slept all day. I realized that I hadn't eaten anything either. On my way to the kitchen, I thought I heard that voice again, the one that woke me. It sounded like screaming. It sounded like my mom's voice. It was coming from inside the wall. I put my ear against the wall. When I heard the voice calling, Eddie! Eddie! I was scared. For a while, I stood staring at the wall in disbelief. I didn't have a choice. I had to listen to what it was saying, even though I was terrified. When I placed my ear against the wall, I heard the same voice. It was muffled, and I could barely understand what it was saying. All I could make out was my mom's voice screaming my name. What was my mom doing inside the wall? This doesn't make sense. Mom can't be inside the wall, I said, trying to stay calm. Then I got an idea. The basement. Mom's in the basement. I ran to the basement door. The door to the basement is always locked because it's infested with mice. When I touched the knob, the door creaked open. It had been a long time since we'd been down there. Inside, there was a dim light. Mom? I called out to her from the top of the stairs. At that moment, I clearly heard my mom say, Eddie! Eddie, honey! We're in here! I called out to her again as I nervously went down the stairs. Thank God, Eddie, mom said. We're here! Come over here, honey! I could hear her clearly, but she still sounded muffled. As I came closer to the light, I saw dirt on the floor. Mom, is Dad there too? I asked. She replied, yes, he's here, honey, but he doesn't feel well. We need your help. There were quite a few buckets under the light and they were all filled with dirt. I looked up at the wall. It looked like a tunnel, but the entrance was caved in. Mom, what's going on? Why are you in there? I asked. Honey, it's a tunnel. Your dad started feeling faint as he was digging last night. I came in to help him, but
but the ground above us collapsed, and we got trapped, Mom replied. Mom, why was Dad digging a tunnel? I said in shock. She said, Eddie, I'll tell you everything, but you have to call your uncle and tell him to come over. We need to get your dad out of here right now. I ran upstairs, called my uncle, and told him everything. He arrived half an hour later, holding a shovel and a spade. My uncle and I started working. He carefully began removing dirt from the front of the tunnel. I started filling the buckets with soil and running up the stairs to dispose of the earth in our backyard. We dug out the entrance of the tunnel for hours. Finally, I could see my parents. My dad was lying on the ground. My uncle jumped in to help him up. He took him by the arm and carried him out of the tunnel. My mom was crying. I've been screaming for hours so that you could hear me. You found us just when I thought I couldn't scream any longer. You saved us, honey, my mom said, hugging me. I looked around. Mom, why was dad digging this tunnel in the first place? I asked. I'll tell you everything, but first I need to attend to your father. Let's get out of here, she said, running up the stairs. I was left alone inside the tunnel, so I decided to look around. I wondered how long my dad had been digging. I walked deep inside. My dad had built a wooden structure to prevent the tunnel from collapsing. He even installed a power line and lit up the place with light bulbs. It was an engineering marvel. I was impressed. There was something sparkly on the ground that caught my attention. I looked down to investigate. Mom had dropped one of her earrings. There was a long tooth right next to the earring. I held it in my hand. It looked like a fang, but it was gigantic. Just then, I heard my uncle's voice. He was standing at the edge of the tunnel and calling out to me. The tunnel's not safe. Please, get out of there, he said. I pocketed the fang. When I went upstairs, I saw my dad lying in bed. How are you doing? I asked him. I was having difficulty breathing down there, but I'm okay now, he replied. Mom said, I'm sure you have lots of questions. What I'm about to tell you may be upsetting. The doctors diagnosed me with a muscular disease. If I don't get treatment, I'll be bedridden. We found that it's treatable, but we can't afford the medicine. Your uncle realized that the vault of the bank he works for is on the same level as our basement. Even though it's a crazy idea, he told us we could reach the vault by digging a tunnel from our basement. Your dad has been digging this tunnel for four months. We know this isn't right. Your dad is making this sacrifice for me, and we only plan on taking the two million dollars we need. Why didn't you tell me you were sick? We could have figured something out, I said, hugging my mom. I couldn't sleep that night. What if they get caught? I'd lose them both. The thought upset me deeply. That night, I remembered the fang I found in the tunnel. I got up from the bed and pulled the tooth from the pants I had worn earlier. I picked it up to give it a closer look. A tooth this big could only belong to a wild animal, but it made no sense for a wild animal of that size to have died in the middle of the city. I searched for wild animal teeth on Google. This fang was bigger than any of the ones I found online. I decided to pay the tunnel another visit. Maybe I could find other body parts belonging to the animal. I scanned the walls and the floor with a flashlight. I didn't find anything. Just as I was leaving, I saw another fang on the ground. I tried pulling on it hard, but it wouldn't budge. I found a piece of wood and used it to unearth the rest of the tooth. Suddenly, it dawned on me. The tooth was still connected to a jawbone. After working on it for some time, I uncovered an entire jawbone attached to a skull. 
It was gigantic and must have belonged to a prehistoric animal. I carried the skull into my room and started searching online. What I discovered literally sent shivers up my spine. What I had found in our basement was a T-Rex. There was a T-Rex skull in my room. I didn't sleep that night. When my parents woke up, I told them about the skull. At first, they didn't believe me. They said it must belong to some other animal. They were only convinced after I showed them some different T-Rex skull samples. When I said, Mom, we can sell this online and pay for your treatment, they stared at me. Could this skull be worth that kind of money? Dad asked. Of course. We found America's first T-Rex fossil, I replied in excitement. The next day, we went to the Museum of Natural History. The museum director said, This is a huge discovery. If I'm being honest, private collectors would pay at least $15 million for such a specimen. Unfortunately, we have a limited budget. We can only offer you $3 million. That amount was more than enough to cover my mom's treatment, so we accepted their offer. I didn't want this incredible T-Rex fossil to gather dust in some private collector's home. It had to be publicly displayed for visitors coming from all over the world. My mom got her treatment with the money we made from the fossil. My parents thank me all the time, but my dad deserves the real credit. Thanks to him, I got to touch a real T-Rex skull. We still have the tunnel. Sometimes I lightly scratch the dirt to see if I can find the remains of another dinosaur. I've yet to find anything, but I'm hopeful. I believe that our T-Rex wasn't alone. I'm Leonardo. One day while making myself pasta for dinner, my stepmother called me for help from the front door. Leonardo, come here quick. I removed the pasta from the stove and hurried quickly to see what she needed. She had just arrived from her shopping trip holding a million bags. Three taxis are waiting outside to be unloaded. Go get those shopping bags, chop chop. They don't have all day. Every time my dad got his paycheck, my stepmom would go shopping and spend every penny. She bought so much stuff, she had to take several taxis home to carry it all. My stepmother is a shopaholic who buys things uncontrollably. It's a severe mental health issue. Compulsive buying disorder is the medical term for it. She gets anxiety attacks when she doesn't shop. Her face gets flushed and her palms get sweaty. She starts pacing around the house panicked. My dad has taken her to see so many doctors over the years. They all diagnosed her as a shopaholic. However, my stepmom refuses treatment each time, saying, I'm not sick. I just like shopping like any other woman. To support her bad habits, she needs money. My poor father has to work three jobs to support her spending. My dad is a barber by day, a hotel receptionist by night, and a weekend flea market vendor. He has to work every single day of the week so that my stepmom can keep <laughs> shopping. After bringing all her new shopping bags inside, I shuffled back to the kitchen to finish making dinner. My dad came home just as I sat down to eat. He looked exhausted. There were black circles under his eyes. I felt terrible for him. When he saw me, he closed his eyes and gave me a smile. This smells so good. Don't tell me. I'll guess the ingredients from the smell. This is pasta pomodoro, he said. <laughs> of course, he was right. Did you make your grandmother's or your mother's recipe? He asked. My mom's recipe, of course. She was the one who taught me how to cook. I always follow her recipes. Ready to dig in? I asked. My dad replied, Nah, I'll get a snack at the hotel. I just came home for a change of clothes. He turned and left me alone in the kitchen. We lost my mom when I was 12. Our family is originally from Italy. My mother used to cook traditional dishes at home every day of the week. As a small kid, I used to find cooking rather dull. Mom taught me otherwise. She would say, 
These dishes are a <sighs> gift from our ancestors. We need to pay our respects to them by passing these recipes to the next generation. She taught me how to cook, and I memorized every recipe by heart. Three years after my mom passed away, my dad remarried. Unlike my mom, my stepmom never cooks. She always orders out, which usually isn't a problem since I cook for myself. I make the fabulous dishes my mom passed on to me. When I walked into the kitchen, I saw my dad making an omelet one morning. He served it to me saying, This might not be as good as the ones you make, but it's not so bad either. He then collapsed on the floor suddenly. Dad! Dad! I yelled as I jumped up from my seat. I called 911 immediately, doing my best not to panic as I told them what had happened. The ambulance arrived minutes later, and the paramedics took my dad away. As I was getting ready to leave, my stepmom woke up from her nap upstairs. What's going on? You made such a racket. I couldn't sleep because of you, she complained. I told her what had happened. Can you guess the first thing she said? But he has to go to work. If he can't work, you should start looking for a job. I got so mad I didn't say anything to her. I rushed to the hospital as soon as possible and found out how my father was doing. When I made it there, dad was just waking up. The doctor said his immune system was on the verge of collapse because of extreme fatigue. He was ordered to stop any physical activity and rest for at least three months to recover fully. When we got back home, my stepmom found out my dad wouldn't be able to work for the next three months, and she was furious. She turned to me screaming, You're not going to school anymore! Find a job and get to work! I need money! I need a lot of money! My stepmom began having a panic attack, overwhelmed by the need to go shopping. She snatched the last few bills from my dad's wallet and ran out. I started looking for a job the next day. I applied at a pizza place and landed an interview. Thanks to my mom, I landed the job. The restaurant owner tasked me with making pizza dough during the interview. He was so impressed with how I handled the dough that he said, You were born to do this, my friend, and he hired me on the spot. My stepmom took all of my money at the end of the first month. After counting it, she said, Is this it? You'd better find a second job where you can work nights so I can maintain our standard of living. When he heard this, my dad responded, You're the reason why I got sick. I'm not going to let you do the same thing to Leonardo. Leave him alone. Oh, shut up. If you're not making money, then your son will. Who else is going to take responsibility? She growled. I loved my job. My boss was a great guy. One day I asked him, I have a special pizza recipe that my mom taught me. I'd like to make one for you and see if you'd like to put it on the menu. My boss loved the idea. Sure, but I have a condition. How about we name the pizza after your mama so that her name will live on, he replied. Thus, Pizza Sophia was born, and soon after, it became everyone's favorite. One night, I brought a whole Pizza Sophia pie home for my dad. My dad got emotional while eating it. So good. It's as if your mom made it. I love it, he said. When my stepmom found out about the story behind the pizza, she was jealous. What kind of a name is Pizza Sophia? She grabbed my dad's pizza and threw it away. That pizza belongs in the trash. I'm sure it tastes like it too. She was totally wrong, of course. Pizza Sophia had become the signature pizza at the restaurant. Soon everyone knew about it. People came from all over just to order one. There was a long line in front of the restaurant all day long. One evening, after handing me my paycheck, my boss said, This is your last one. I was shocked. Are you firing me? I asked. He took out a piece of paper with partnership agreement written on it. No, I'm making you my partner. This is your success story, not mine. You're not going to get a paycheck anymore. 
You'll get to keep half of the money we make, and we'll change the restaurant's name to Pizza Sophia. What do you say, partner? He asked. I was even more surprised when I heard the pizzeria was making thousands of dollars every day. If I were to become a partner, it would mean that I'd be rich. I was so happy when I came home, but was surprised to see my father wasn't there. I asked my stepmom where he'd gone. He went to work. How am I supposed to maintain our lifestyle with your meager paycheck? We simply need more money, she said. You have no heart. My dad isn't strong enough to go back to work. You're going to make him sick again, I screamed. I ran to the barber shop where my dad worked. He was sitting on a chair when I walked in, his face chalk white. Dad, why did you come here? You were supposed to be resting, I said. You're right, son. I came here because your stepmom gave me a hard time. But I collapsed as I was trying to cut a customer's hair, he replied. I took my dad to the hospital immediately. The doctor did a thorough examination. It's better for him to stay here for a while. He needs special care, but the insurance doesn't cover it. Though, he can choose to stay home if cost is a concern, said the doctor. I was suddenly thankful that money wasn't an issue anymore. I can pay for it. Please, do whatever is necessary, I replied. After closing the restaurant each night, I would visit my dad at the hospital. To my relief, he was getting better day by day. As the business grew, I bought a lovely house for myself. After spending most of my free time visiting my dad, I would return to my own place. One night at the hospital, I saw my stepmom in my dad's room. She didn't see me behind her. Enough with this illness! Get up and get to work! I can't keep living like some pauper! I'm leaving you if you don't start working by tomorrow! I was so sad for my dad, but there was nothing I could do. I left the hospital without either of them seeing me. This was something they needed to figure out between themselves. Finally, the time came for my dad to be discharged from the hospital. That morning, he said to me, Son, I told your stepmother that I wanted a divorce. I need a place to stay while our case gets reviewed. This was the best <laughs> news. Of course, Dad. You can stay with me forever. I picked up my father in my brand new sports car, eager to move my dad into our new home. My stepmom arrived as we were about to leave the hospital parking lot. She must have just found out my dad was being discharged. When she saw the car, her eyes went wide. Is this yours? She asked. I nodded, smiling. <laughs> you couldn't possibly afford something like this on a pizza cook's paycheck, she said. She then turned to my dad. You told me you wanted a divorce, but I'm sure you did that only because you were angry in the moment. Let's go back home and have a nice dinner. Let's be a family together, she said. My dad and I looked at each other before we burst into <laughs> laughter. She obviously thought she was giving the performance of her life, but she was such a lousy actor we couldn't help but laugh. I was dead serious, my dad said. I'm going to live with my son from now on. That's wonderful, she said with a fake laugh. Leonardo has a house too? Clearly you two have a lot of money now. I can manage it for the two of you. Give your new house the care and polish it deserves. He got into the car without saying a word. As we were leaving, she was still pleading. Wait, honey, please. We can sort this out. I love you. I promise we can make it work. But I need money to give us the life we deserve. After that day, I never saw my stepmom again. My dad says she texts him regularly saying, Let's be a family again. I'll get treatment. I will get rid of my shopping addiction. If she were telling the truth, I'd consider helping her. But we all know her history of manipulation. Maybe learning to take care of herself is exactly what she needs to get better.
People often say love is complicated. Well, I wish I'd thought about that before I got involved in this ridiculous love story. It all started when my close friend Barry asked me to help him write letters to his crush Cindy. You see, I'm a pretty good writer, and I know I'd get in trouble if people found out about this, but sometimes my classmates will pay me to help them with their homework, especially essays. So, anyway, when Barry asked me to help him win over Cindy, who he met when joining the play club of our school, of course I said yes. And no, I didn't charge him. I mean, he's my best friend after all. However, I had a plan. I'd been in love with my neighbor Alice ever since she moved in next door when we were kids. But I never had the guts to tell Alice how I really felt. Oh, and there was also one little problem. Alice had a serious crush on Barry. This was why I was so happy to help Barry win over Cindy. If Alice saw that Barry was no longer single, maybe she'd start noticing me, and then we could finally be together. So I agreed to help Barry. As I wrote that first letter, I just thought about Alice and the words came pouring out. The way her hair shimmered in the sunlight and her cute freckles. Thankfully, Cindy had freckles too. I wasn't sure if Cindy would like it, but the next day Barry found a reply in his locker. And so it went on. Every day I'd write a letter for Barry, and it was clear Cindy was falling in love with who she thought was Barry. But then one day Barry came running over to me and he looked worried. He said Cindy wanted to go on an actual date. He was freaking out because he said there was no way he could pretend to be smart and funny like he did in the letters. And then he told me she'd ask if they could recite poetry together and that I'd need to train him somehow so he didn't give himself away. I would make it work. I had to, otherwise I'd never be with Alice. Just before Barry and Cindy's date, Barry was over at my place and I was trying to get him to practice reading some poems. He was terrible, but I couldn't tell him that. I just hoped Cindy wouldn't notice. When Barry left, he said I must follow him to his first date, in case there's any problems arose. I was about to go when Alice came in and said her family would go to a restaurant to celebrate her brother's birthday tonight, and they would like to invite me to go with them. Of course I agreed. I was close to her little brother. Then in a hurry, I told her I had to go, and she asked where I was going. And I said, I'd promised my mom I'd buy some groceries for dinner. I quickly jumped in my car and drove to where Barry was meeting Cindy. I told him I'd be nearby in case there was an emergency. From my car, I can see into the restaurant and watch how the date was going. At first, it looked good. I was so busy watching them, though, that I didn't notice Alice was standing right next to my car. When she knocked on my window, I got such a fright, I almost leapt out of my seat. She asked me what I was doing and where the groceries were. Suddenly, she glanced over the window where Barry and Cindy were sitting together. Oh, no. She has certainly discovered something. While I was totally frozen, she turned back to me with her extremely stunned eyes. Are you stalking Barry and Cindy on their date? Then she climbed into my car and constantly questioned me in panic. What are they doing? Are they seriously dating? Why didn't I know anything about this? Jeez, Cindy is my best friend. How could she? I was lost for words. She'd caught me. But then I asked her what she was doing here. She said that she was about to come and arrange the birthday party tonight, still angry. Anyway... As she was in my car, my heart started racing. Maybe this was my chance. Maybe I should tell her how I felt. As I turned to face her, I noticed she was looking at my phone. I quickly grabbed it, but it was too late. Barry had messaged me, and it had popped up on the screen. Help! What poem did you mention in your last letter? She's on to me! It seemed that Alice has understood all the story. She jumped out of the car so quickly I couldn't even stop her. She ran toward the restaurant and went straight up to Cindy. Barry had just gone to the bathroom, so he wasn't there. And as Alice told Cindy, I saw Cindy start crying. This was a disaster. And then the worst thing, Barry came back and Cindy started shouting at him. I quickly drove off. I couldn't bear to watch. This was all my fault. The next day, something crazy happened. 
I woke up and had a friend request from Cindy. I accepted her and she messaged me straight away saying she was seriously in love with me and she couldn't get my poems out of her head. I felt so guilty. What would she do if she found out I'd been thinking about Alice the whole time when I wrote them? No one knew about my crush on Alice and I decided it was better to keep it that way. Now that Barry wasn't speaking to me and Alice was so angry with me because of helping Barry. This was the worst situation ever. Even though Barry was upset with me, I'd never go behind his back and date Cindy. In fact, he couldn't find out that Cindy loved me. But later on, somehow Barry knew that Cindy loved me. He called me saying not only had I ruined his chances, I'd also stolen his love. Great, so I was suddenly the bad guy, when all I'd wanted to do was help out a friend. Neither Alice or Barry are speaking to me now. And at the same time, Cindy is constantly messaging me and always kept her eyes on me in school. I don't know what to do. I've lost my best friend and my crush, and instead gained a stalker. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.